1: it everybody welcome to the latest episode of the command zone i'm your host josh lee kwai and i'm dj we're back we're still talking about commander 2018 we
2: can't stop talking about commander 2018
1: can't stop talking about it (laughs) i hope you all have enjoyed all the bonus episodes out there today we've got an interesting topic um so the set's been a little bit polarizing definitely yeah a lot of Uh, i mean there's been a decent amount of negativity out there usually everyone's just
2: universally excited for it. And this time there seems to be some people up in arms.
1: I mean, to the point where a lot of people were upset that we weren't more negative about it. Um, We don't usually get into sort of what I would call the punditry side of magic very much on this show. It's not really what we're normally here to do, but you know, the commander product is for obviously the commander format. It's the one thing we get every year. That's like for us. You know, they come out with a bunch of sets, but that's not all for us. And so we thought today we would discuss, you know, a question, which is, is C18 a success or a failure? And then, you know, how do we measure the quality of the Commander set? And what is it the Commander players want from and need from the Commander products and that they can hope for uh, moving forward into the future?
2: Yeah, it's sort of evaluating this whole thing as as one entity. Before we were breaking down decks and looking at
1: specific cards exactly
2: yeah but now we kind of take a step back and see well did they do a good job or not
1: yeah so before we get into all that though we got to give some shout outs to our sponsors cardkingdom.com slash command zone if you use that affiliate link when you order your magic products, singles all this commander 2018 the pre-con decks the singles anything at all you really are supporting this podcast supporting game nights and all of our content and we really super appreciate when you do that. You know, I always say you're going to buy Magic cards anyway. If you use the affiliate link when you do, that's just added value. Uh, and another thing that is added value is using products from Ultra Pro, who is our other sponsor. They have all the great theme stuff around Commander 2018. We, You can see in front of us the uh, Estrid and Lord Windgrace playmats. Ultra Pro, hands down, makes the best playmats with... They got the best, like, printers or something because their play just look better than everybody else's. They also have the Eclipse sleeves, which are the best sleeves on the market. A lot of people, though, have been asking us about this banner behind us. So behind DJ is the uh, Cloth History of Benalia banner. And and these are cloth. A lot of people have been asking us that. They're made by Ultra Pro. They're these scrolls that you hang on the wall. You might have seen in the recent game nights. There's a Black Lotus one. There's a Jason the Mind Sculptor one. We had a Nickel Bolas one for a while. These are great ways to spice up your room, your game room. Any place that you want to show sort of your magic, I don't know, your love of magic. And some of the best art, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the history of it one is it's sweet. It's like a stained yeah. glass window. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. So Ultra Pro making awesome products. And the final way to support all of our content is directly if you go to patreon.com slash command zone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode. And this episode is dedicated to Mustafa Sobroto. Mustafa, Mustafa, you rock. Thanks. Nice. All right, let's get into the main topic here. Commander 2018, success or failure? Do you want to talk about the criteria we're going to use to sort of break this down?
2: Whenever you evaluate anything, you should... Set your terms, basically. You should have criteria for how you're evaluating something. If you ever get into an argument with someone about anything, it's like, oh, I thought that was a good movie, or no, I thought that was a bad movie, you could be talking about two different forms of criteria for it. And so you need to set your terms starting off. And so if we have a disagreement, we find out whether we're having a disagreement about what we're actually talking about, which is the success or failure of Commander 2018, or whether we have a disagreement with criteria. And that could happen.
1: Mm -hmm. So our criteria... Is going to be sort of four categories exciting themes slash new commanders is one enjoyable play experience is two new toys is three and then reprints and value so let's start with exciting themes uh and or new commanders i i believe this is the most important thing for any new commander set and we're going to talk about if that's true or not but yeah you know it's really what's new Players don't want or need another like green, black, plus one, plus one counters, legendary. We don't need another Boros aggro (laughs) commander. You know, we want stuff that expands the format. That opens previous, you know, doors that were previously closed. And
2: I'm the most excited about this category personally. And different people will have different perspectives, but I don't want another boring commander. I want to see something new. I want new things to build around. I want to be able to talk about it and brew new decks, make more videos. And so this is what I'm the most excited about.
1: That's a really good point about making more videos. Like we're in the content creation realm, both of us. So our viewpoint is going to be a little bit skewed towards that. It's, It's... you know, I think it's important to note that right up front, which is that we're talking about commander for multiple hours every week to thousands of people. And so saying the same thing over and over is not exciting. It doesn't help you get out of bed in the morning. And so when there's something new, that's what, yeah, that's what gets the juices flowing, right? Oh yeah.
2: I get excited about the new stuff.
1: And it makes it easier for you to create your content. And you know, it's a lot harder if another plus one plus one, you know, uh, green blue yeah commander comes out you're like okay i guess i'll do a deck uh, tech about it
2: i'll actually like look at the stuff i've done before look at other things it becomes really easy to brew and it can have a little bit of a different take sometimes but a lot of times it feels so much the same and when you get something new and exciting well then you really get to start brewing
1: so the question i had here was like what do we want what do commander players want you know, I think a lot of people are on our boat, though, where the new stuff is the exciting thing. What new decks can I build? What new archetypes are available to me? Um, so I, I sort of listed some stuff here as far as, like, the types of things that we're looking for from the Commander product. Um,
2: yeah, I think that one of them is basically if you have a difficult or impossible strategy to have before, and now it's suddenly open for business, you can just start building. We just got this with Arcades, yep. Uh, the strategist. yep. We can now build that wall tribal deck that was really having trouble before, that just wasn't there. And Wizards has been great about doing this over and over again with so many different commanders, not just in the Commander 2018 set. Where and they're course, like, look, here's I mean- a new toy. Go build around it.
1: And look at Arcades. That's the most um, popular commander to build from M19 by far, even though they've got Nickel Bullets and some other ones in there. If you look at Trek, that's the one. And why? Because it opened a door that was closed before. Wall Tribal wasn't something that was impossible to do. It was just very difficult, and this just suddenly made it viable. It, and it rewarded it, too. And yep. so
2: it, it became something exciting that people wanted to build, and I, I wanted to build it, too. I built it.
1: Yeah. I think uh, another thing is just adding new colors to an old strategy. So. For instance, this Commander 2018 set did this a lot, but one of them was like Esper Zombies. We've had a lot of Demir Zombies, a lot of mono-black zombies. White hadn't been a color that was really, you were able to play in a zombie deck. Again, you could do it, but it was difficult because you had to have a non-zombie Commander, and now all of a sudden, they open that door for you that was closed before. That's something people get excited about. Um, An an easy one is New Tribal. Mm -hmm. Last year's Commander set was just all that. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but it was, but it was you based got, on that. But you
2: got your Wizards tribe, you've got your dragons, you've got you've got the things, the new toys, the new tribal leaders
1: that synergize with your entire deck. Everyone was excited about cats because you really couldn't build a cat deck before, and now you sort of can. Um, <laughs> you can build it, it's just maybe not as good as you want it to be. I mean, let's be honest, like, the cat <laughs> tribal commander they gave us doesn't care about you having a lot of cats, but making a lot of cats was what most cat. These cards did before it cares about you making one big cat so it didn't it still synergize with cats though. yeah okay yeah. sure sure sure
2: and um, but you know what there's always room to expand it a little bit more now you do have you do have a cat have commander a that's a cat you have something that can go wide and i mean
1: you need something that can go wide i don't yeah. think you have that now yeah okay um we were looking for things that make previously unplayed or unplayable cards good like for instance let's take like um maybe like cycling or something like that. Oh. Cycling's good, but we don't have a commander that cares about cycling. If they suddenly came out with a cycling-based commander, people would be stoked because all of a sudden all my cycling cards that are just sitting there in a box, you know, might be able to be played where instead of just sitting in that box. And I think that's, a, that's something that, you know, all players and commander, c- commander players specifically enjoy is like opening that box and being like, I still have this card and now it's gonna be awesome.
2: Yeah, and I I think we see this over and over again where people try to take a commander and say, well, I'm going to make the thing that I like work in this situation. Yep. A lot of people did that with uh, Saskia and Infect, Yep. Uh, or they try to get Infect to work with a brand new commander yep. where the, they just kind of tr- go for it. And uh, that's interesting where you can sort of get your strategy you want to do and have new toys for it.
1: Um, and then bringing together cards and or effects that have not coexisted before and this is a hard I think of this list it's sort of the hardest to do but it's sort of creating new archetypes from scratch or or making it so that like and I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head but it's kind of like aminatu's a little bit this which is bringing together blink effects with top of the library effects and that the combination of those two abilities leads you towards manifest and some really interesting things yeah and, and that suddenly creates it's not necessarily like all the cards in the deck are cards you never played with before but you never played them together before mm-hmm. so that kind of like gets the juices flowing as well um and then the last one is sort of just flat out power people respond to power and we you know we got to be careful with this we don't want to create too many really powerful cards and sort of screw up the format yeah but, I mean... I, I, think wanna, everybody- I want a new
2: card for my deck. I don't want... I might not want to build a brand new deck. I might just want a really great card that I'm like, oh, I'm excited. I'm going to get this one card. It's going to go in my one deck, and it's going to be awesome.
1: Yeah. Or just like Thrasios. I mean, he's too powerful, but people get excited about that card and it goes in a lot of decks and that's a card that sees a lot of play. Why? It's very powerful. And so there's something to be said for just having powerful cards that are we have now have access to mm-hmm. that we didn't before. Um, so Commander 2018, how does it do um, sort of according to this criteria that we just laid out as far as the what what what? I just threw my paper. What section are we in? <laughs> we're in the um, new commanders. Yeah, and we're in
2: the new new archetypes. Yeah, sort of like new themes. Get like new stuff, new creativity. <laughs> okay, th- all th- right. Going. Don't worry,
1: everybody. We're
2: <laughs> I think they did a really good job. I I really think that they did. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm excited. We didn't have Jun lands before. I was excited about that.
1: So there's that's adding a new color to an existing strategy, right? We had Gitrog. We had Titania. We had Omnath, locus of rage but we didn't have a way to play red, uh, green, and black all together with all the cards. You had to choose red and green or green and black. You had to be green for sure. But now they just... It was kind of like what they did with the zombies. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
2: Uh, and now we have more... We can build something and have more tools. That's interesting. I Bant
1: think- is almost the same thing. Absolutely. Because before it was mostly green-white was the enchantment uh, decks you'd want to play, and now they just kind of added a color. I'll, even though, to be fair... Green, white didn't even exist in a great way. Actually, yeah. somebody pointed this out to us. Daxos was actually, the Daxos the, the Returned, the Returned was, yeah, the, was the black, white. Yeah, and that was the closest we had to an enchantment general, um, but black's just not a great enchantment color for that. You really wanted green because of all the enchantresses. I think
2: black's a great, but no, green Green with the enchantresses really defines the format.
1: If they did black, white, or uh, green, white for Daxos the Returned, that would have been, I think, more successful because without green, it didn't fulfill the criteria we wanted as far as yeah. using the cards we want to use. But, okay, so that's kind of adding a color, in- Ban Enchantments was. Ninjas, new tribe. Totally. mm mm-hmm. um, Yannette is sort of interesting. I don't know. It, it, it doesn't
2: have to be powerful all the time. It can just be interesting. That, that that make helps people brew. That helps people get exciting. It doesn't fulfill this idea of what well, we want all out power, but it does make people excited for something interesting. Uh, and I think that that did it.
1: Okay, I don't you find that one particularly exciting. You don't just find like, that exciting? No, it's not that different than Narset or Jaleva. It's just that I just am restricted to half the number of cards those other two could have. This is
2: the 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 Esper Flying Sphinx that uh, cares about odd cares about CEC. odd converted mana cost. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Esper Zombies, that's the same... I think we're seeing a trend here. Jun lands, ban enchantments, Esper Zombies. That's basically adding a color to an existing strategy.
2: We've, we've wanted blue-red artifacts for a really long time. Yeah. Jura Jura kind of gave that to us a little bit, uh, but we know that the way they plan this out, they already knew they were going to have, yeah. uh, this commander set coming out even when they made Jura um, Weatherlight Captain.
1: I mean... Honestly, I think Joyra is probably a better blue, as far as power level, blue-red artifacts. It is, artifacts I, it is very powerful. Thanos is pretty powerful, actually. Um, okay, but then let's talk. So those, those ones, I think, were pretty good. Although, the knock I would say is that a lot of these are the add a new color to an existing strategy category. Mm-hmm jun lands band enchantments as for zombies even blue red artifacts you could say is just adding yeah blue it's kind of adding... taking
2: it's taking away from brea to sort of be more refined it's yeah. not
1: like artifacts decks didn't exist it's just like no, oh right. so here's a new color so that might be part of what is some of the complaining like people aren't zeroing on, on that as a reason but feel it the
2: same but it's basically just a tweak to something that's already been existing
1: yeah it's not like oh boy this new horizon we've never been over it's just mm-hmm. a, a slight change to one okay then we've got gyrus who is our um preview card that's sort of like regrowing stuff from your graveyard kind of with tokens a little bit of reanimator in jund it doesn't feel very new
2: it does not feel very
1: new it feels like stuff we've basically been able to do in some aspect before yeah. we've got thantis who i'm very mad about
2: i'm mad about it too
1: yeah okay Brutoclad. Brutoclad. Ex-
2: Brutoclad is is exciting pretty sweet i think brutaclad is very interesting
1: and uh Allows you to play with some cards that have been on the sideline a lot before. So obviously, there's a bunch of cards mimic Vats and right of replication. like that, you
2: were talking about how Sahili's artistry was like a bomb right. in this deck, and that's been a Yeah, you could play it. It's like a fine bulk card that yeah. like you if you yeah just play it. Why not? You know. Yeah. But now it's something. It's this new breakout card. It makes it opens up a new archetype. It's interesting.
1: Um, and then we've got Zancha. Ooh, that is an, actually a really cool one. that I think Zantra is cool. Yeah, that makes a deck that's never existed before. Yeah. So that's a, that's a good one. And then Varchild,
2: very interesting,
1: super interesting. I don't know. Again, it's combat based red. It doesn't feel.
2: Here's one thing that's great though. You're just like I don't I don't know it how be. it works. It it's very interesting that we don't know exactly what this deck looks like, and we don't know exactly what it's going to do. Which to me is like, oh, that kind of sounds interesting. You know, you give me a lot of other commanders. I'm like, I know exactly what this, the Esper Zombies. I know exactly what that deck is going to look like. It's Just exciting because I get to
1: play white now, but it's not inherently yeah. super exciting because- and I know
2: I know every card in there. Yeah. Like I might have to look around a little bit, but you can imagine that deck.
1: Well, and let's be honest. It's going to be a blue black zombie deck with like 10 to 12 white cards. Yeah. Right, like I mean, that's just <laughs> probably uh, Jimmy may uh, may not like that comparison.
2: Oh, we're, we're trashing Jimmy, Jimmy's deck right
1: now. <laughs> he came up with some interesting things. I'm not gonna lie, but Varchild, I think on some aspect does feel like another red attacking general. Yeah, you might be able to do some goblin bombardment stuff with it, but
2: even if he gets solved later on, I think that that's she, nice, I think it's nice. She. she, even though if she gets solved later on, it's still an interesting point in time where we can be like, well, what interesting synergies can we put together with this? What can we do?
1: Okay, so. Let's compare it to past Commander sets. I think, you know, judging C-18 in a box is not the greatest. It's like, well, are we on a trajectory? Has something changed? Is this year worse than previous years or better? You know, how can we determine whether it's a success or failure without looking at past ones and seeing how it compares? Absolutely. um, Last year was C-17. It was the Tribal Commanders. So all those Tribal ones fit into our opening up a tribe category, although some of them were tribes that, kind of existed before, but...
2: Dragons, you could play... Some but still, games, like, stuff. it's... Yeah.
1: yeah, you could play Scion, who's yeah. probably still the best Dragon Commander. But Cats has a new commander that's a, Wizards, definitely. Definitely. Uh, vampires. Yeah. Edgar's, like, ridiculous. So... <laughs> Edgar, I think, won the um, the Commander Championship at Vegas. I oh, think really? It, it was an Edgar deck. Edgar, so. Edgar w- is Edgar's ba- a,
2: Edgar's banned in, in 1v1. Uh, 1v1. Yeah, it's yeah.
1: a Tier 1 deck, so that's very, clearly very powerful, but also... You know, vampires.
2: It, it feels like just adding tribal, like, hey, new tribe is kind of the same as this, as what we've done, which is just like, add hey, add a color. It's out a color. It's like a new, st- the, the tribes are established. These strategies are established. It's just like, hey, here's a commander that lets you do something that you've already been able to do, kind of.
1: But just with a little bit of a twist to it, right?
2: So it feels like this is on par with the tribal set.
1: Uh, the tribal set also had Kess, Marisil, Ramos, Miri. All were secondary commanders that had very interesting builds. Um, And also some of those fall into the very powerful category. Kess is definitely a very, very powerful deck. Ramos is pretty powerful. Okay, so let's go on to C16, which is the four color commanders, which I think personally is the best commander set ever released.
2: I think it's amazing.
1: Yeah. And so first of all, four color commanders had never been done. So every single one of them was opening up a, a color Pairing a color,
2: it was opening up so much, really. It's hard to, it's really hard to put your finger on it when literally you're opening up something that has never been allowed to us before.
1: Right. There was, was no four color colors. commanders, and so these were the first ever. And everything they were doing was at least adding colors or just making. There's tons of people that went out and built just the four color deck they'd already wa- always wanted to build yeah. around whatever theme they wanted, just because, well, now I have a commander that lets me play those four colors. So just that alone was very exciting plus the partners (laughs) so there's over a hundred combinations of the various partners and so basically this was a set where like 120 new commanders came out kind of yeah so that's another aspect where like it's impossible with that amount of combinations to not kind of hit all these different categories of like new doors being opened and new stuff and new possibilities and new horizons to explore and so i do think that's really the reason that c16 is so great and i pretty much universally considered awesome.
2: It is it is very awesome. I think it might be really good for enfranchised players like us, where we want to do exactly what we wanna do, we don't need a roadmap of a specific commander, and we take the partner commanders and put them together to do exactly what we want. Mm-hmm. And I think you've done that. A lot, I've, yeah. I've done that in, in my deck building as well. And I know a lot of people that watch this show have done it as well, where they're like, um, I wanna do blank. Um, I made a Jeskai Ascendancy deck. Yeah. Uh, from partners uh, because you needed that four colors you needed a uh, blacklist to be able to do this just guy ascendancy tappy untappy kind of thing you have a crazy deck where you um have uh, thrasios and Files Files mm-hmm. that's like super powerful
1: and you can <laughs> never put those combination of colors together until now i mean you could do five color but yeah totally different i think that that set is so good that even now, there, I feel like going back to the partners, there are new horizons to explore. There are new doors to unlock that I still haven't explored. That's how good that set was. I'll-
2: I feel like you can't really, uh, that the hype wasn't there for the partners. Because you saw in franchise players, people like us saw the partners and we saw the 100-plus possibilities. But many players, they might have seen the partners and it would have been a little bit hard for them to imagine putting them together, especially because some of them don't actually work very well together. Um, And so that might be a little bit harder to see. You see the face of commander sets where it's like cats, it's full of cats. You're like, yes, I know how to to upgrade this. I'm so excited, I'm going to play cats or I'm going to play vampires. Uh, And in the partners, it could be like, well, this is a little bit deeper and maybe that stimulated a lot of people that really love commander
1: um, but, maybe but I mean the by others all accounts, by all accounts it was a successful call. product oh, totally and sold very well so I think that we can sort of and, and the response was very positive to it just as it was for tribal yeah so I, the other thing I'll say about c16 is raw power it was very powerful um, you know Brea and Yidris are extraordinarily powerful decks Yidris is tier one Brea is very close Thrasios, Tier One, Timna, Vile Smasher. Yeah. So me- so much of it was, and so dis- don't discount the yeah, raw. Tim-
2: Timna is great.
1: Yeah, don't. I, I'm I'm saying don't discount the raw power level of cards as a big component of whether or not people are excited about it and whether it does well. So, what's the verdict on 2018? Um, what do you think? What do you think? I guess where does it fall, sort of along? the commander product in these sort of exciting new themes, new commanders. In think- my mind,
2: I was still, I was still excited and I'm still excited now, even after breaking them all down. I think that there, they are new themes uh, or there's, there's new ways to approach old themes. There are some really exciting commanders that are great to build. And although it doesn't give us the Swiss army knife that was commander 2016, This does do better than some of the previous years, like the monocolored planeswalkers Mm -hmm. were a little bit blah. The experience counter ones were, it's like the experience counter was an interesting mechanic, but it didn't change anything that those colors actually did. So if we're comparing it to one of the best commander sets, it might not measure up. But I think if we're comparing it over the entire field of commander sets, we're doing pretty well.
1: Yeah, I think it's a it's it's a success, but it's not like the best ever. It's definitely well behind C sixteen. I think it's hard to it's going to be hard to reach that ever again. Probably without doing comm- partners again, which they could do, but that and that's going to yeah. be a whole crazy thing. They so it's not going to it. Again? Yeah, wow. but I I have to say when I saw the new commanders, I was like, okay. I was definitely not like yeah, which for C sixteen I was for C seventeen I wasn't even like yeah. I was like okay,
2: yeah. Um, I was also for the. For the tribal, I was like,
1: yeah, all right. Yeah. Like, there's some cool stuff here. Oh, I might build one or two of these, you know? And so I feel like this is like, it's right there. It's, it's not worse or better than most of them. c 6 yeah. way up here. Everything else is, and like you said, the monocolored Planeswalkers year, that one was pretty, pretty mediocre. I was actually not excited about most of that. Really? Yeah. Well, monocolored too. It's not in my wheelhouse, but yeah. okay. So let's go on to the, so so we're giving it a pass. We're saying, is, are we calling that a success? I think, I think so. so. Yeah. It's not like a A plus success. Yeah. It's like a B B, B, B plus. Minus, yeah, yeah. Yeah. B minus. It's, B minus B plus B. What is it?
2: I don't think I don't think very many of the commander sets have failed. And so I think that this could be a a B B plus. That's yeah, that's fine.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm with a B on I don't know why we're just go, we're just we're choosing just, to steal the randomly, limited re- we're
2: randomly just assigning a grade right now.
1: <laughs> limited resources. They just that's how they said you rank things. Okay. Uh, the next category is enjoyable play experience. And this is a tough one. I think it's hard there's so many targets they could be aiming at. I wrote down like, what's the goal of a pre-con? Are the decks designed to be a jumping off point? Are they supposed to be closer to a finished product? I mean, what's the expected pattern of behavior? Is this supposed to be bought and played as is and then never changed? Or are we supposed to slowly upgrade them over time? Or are we expected to just totally strip them apart and
2: build brand new decks? I think that's one one of the difficulties is when you have a product that's supposed to be so many different things, it actually pulls it in different directions and it makes it harder to be what he, what an individual group wants. If it's supposed to be never changed and intact for playing, then it doesn't do a very good job. But if it's supposed to be broken apart, then maybe it also didn't do a very good job. You know, if it's supposed to be upgraded slowly, maybe it did a pretty good job. And so, but we can't dictate the right way to play with these because it's all the right way to play
1: with these precons. Okay, well, it does feel like this year's design is trying to hit too many targets. Hmm. It didn't know what which one of those it wanted to be or maybe it wanted to be I all of them. I think it needs
2: to be all of them, really. Is I mean, it if I'm possible? coming from the that might that might be a problem if you're trying to do too many things, but I think in Wizards' mind they're thinking we need something that's very palatable for the masses. Remember, this goes in the WalMarts, the Targets. Right. Uh, a lot of people pick this up, and they want it to look cool on the cover. They want it to be very attractive. That you want to be able to pull it out and be able to play with it and kind of understand what's going on. And that's all for sort of the new player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as in friend, if you're watching this, you're probably a you're entrenched- watching Magic content online, <laughs> so you're already
1: sort of like. You yeah, could be on the very invested. edge of casual, but, <laughs> yeah, but probably not, yeah. Yeah,
2: you're invested. Uh, but we want it to be an attractive product. We want more people to be come into Commander. We want someone to walk into your local game store and say, I just bought this at Target. It's awesome. Can I trade with you? Can I buy cards? What can I do? And we want that.
1: Right. It, we would like it to shepherd people into the game.
2: Exactly. So I think that that's one thing that Wizards definitely wants. They also want you to be happy and excited and build stuff. They and want be hyped. current
1: commander players to buy it, and though. that's our fir- that was our yeah. first
2: criteria: is yeah. to be excited, to to want to build, to want to buy it, to want to uh, expand sort of the brand.
1: Um, we wrote down a question here, which is: It fun to play? And since we're in the enjoyable play experience category, exactly. Um, I have at the time we're recording this, <laughs> it's going to be hard to believe, but. It still hasn't come out yet the commander product is coming out this friday we're recording episodes well in advance because of scheduling reasons travel and stuff and also just we want to do a lot of stuff for commander 2018 so i have had the ability to play with this a few times uh you've probably seen game nights by now i also did um a how to play video with geek and sundry we've played it a few times in the office so i've had the ability luckily we had the decks very early so we've been able to break them out and play them a little bit and it is fun and the and the decks actually play pretty well. There's m- maybe more synergy I think than people are giving them credit for. I will say that planeswalkers as commanders, you know, I've been disparaging of it in the past. Every time, you know, last time they did this, they do they did it here I'm open-minded. I wanted it to be fun. That part does detract a little for me. You find that on turns 10 and 11, you're looking around, and you're like, everybody's still at 40?
2: So you, th- it slows down the game. For sure. Okay. And- because
1: you're like, especially these, and I've noticed that all of these Planeswalkers will ultimate after, like, a couple of activations. There's a bunch of plus twos on them, mm. and so he has only pluses, basically. <laughs> and so what happens is the game tends to be, it goes like this. Uh-oh. DJ is close to ultimate. Hey, everybody else, let's work together. Let's get his commander either dead or down so it's not going to ultimate. As soon as you get that done, you go, whoa, one of the players that was helping me, their commander's close to ultimate. Now let's all work together to get their commander down so it's not going to ultimate. And then you just play that game for most of the game, and that's why you look up on turn 12 or 13, you're like, everyone's at 40, because no one's attacked... Anybody else, they've just hit Planeswalkers.
2: And so that means that the play experience straight out of the box could be slow, not as good, whereas maybe if you take this to a different game, it's like, oh, I'll Anguish Done Making, it's gone.
1: I will say that after the first two times I played, I started switching and not playing my Planeswalker as my commander in any of the decks because I just felt like, well, they're all getting attacked. And so if I have a commander that can't be attacked, I just inherently have an advantage in this environment. And and definitely that's been true. So I think a big advantage when taking these out of the box is play with the not the Planeswalker as your commander. It is a huge advantage. Wow. Because it's just that card they don't right, have... That's
2: good tech right there. Yeah, they
1: don't have free removal spells for your commander like everybody else does because that's what attacking is to Planeswalkers. Anyway, they are fun to play. They play better than they are. Um, but it's not like an amazing play experience. It's not like perfectly great.
2: So even though this is a criteria that we're going to measure it on, a lot of people are going to get the decks, tear them apart, rebuild them, take some cards out, and and make their own play experience. Right. And so this might be totally unimportant for you, or this might be one of the most important categories for Just you. Just depending, on, depending yeah. on how you play. Yeah, um, well, I'm probably going to play it once as a pre-con and then break it apart. And, and never use, do, do that again. Or maybe like, like
1: once we're at, a, at some party somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So this is a very low uh, priority for me.
1: I think, though, a lot of people, like the biggest complaint, not the biggest, probably the second biggest complaint that's been out there about this product is that like the Jund Lands Matter deck doesn't appear to have a bunch of cards that care about lands mattering. In fact, when we broke it down, I think I had like nine. It did, it did
2: not have, it did not have very much. And if you have lands matter sort of plastered across it and they released it saying it's lands matter and there's not very many synergies, uh, then I think people can be let down a little bit because they were so hyped and so excited about this lands matter deck. That's really a John amount deck of really just like value. Deck.
1: I, yeah. And I, I, we caught a little flack for this for like not complaining about that more. I suppose one thing I'll say in our defense, we opened these well before they announced any themes or anything for the decks. We didn't know. We just opened the boxes. We got it from wizards, looked at them. Cool. Lord Wingrace open it up. Look at it. There's nothing on that box that says lands matter. Exactly. Hmm. Maybe on the back, but I'll be honest. I don't read the back. i just want to get to the cards as fast as possible. So, but it's called nature's vengeance, whatever. Open okay, it yeah. up, break it open, look through it. Um, So I didn't experience the same letdown because I think this was a marketing issue. Mm -hmm. Wizards went out into the public and they posted all over like, these are our themes, blah, 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 lands matter. People were like, Jund lands matter. Sweet. This is going to be awesome. They looked at the deck. They were like, where's all the lands matter stuff? What if they had just said Jund, you know, (laughs) Jund good stuff.
2: It is, it is kind of a Jund, Jund good stuff deck. And when we were breaking it down, uh, I was I was telling Josh I was like, can I can I choose more than ten cards like to upgrade this deck?
1: <laughs> yeah, can I like, move can out can, more than ten? Can I
2: please can I please put in more? He's like, your list is too long. It's like we
1: but can't all talk these about- cards are
2: so good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think that was a big complaint about it. Um, all the decks I think besides Banishments, that one feels pretty focused, but they all feel pretty disjointed. But again. Commander products in general tend to feel very disjointed. Now, yeah, if we look back,
2: like it used to be super disjointed and then it got a little bit better, but still, they've never been this cohesive deck.
1: I think here's a problem C17 was tribal and it was pretty focused. Mm -hmm. Each of those decks felt wizards, felt vampires, felt. But even in Wizards, Marcel
2: was like this outlier. I'm not saying there
1: wasn't like other stuff, but they didn't feel like, oh, my main strategy that I was that the like, marketing said yeah. it's this, it feels like that. I think right? dragons
2: is a good example of it yeah. because it was literally all... Dragons
1: came with dragons and played dragons. But the, it said wizard's deck. It felt like a wizard's deck. It said yeah. vampires. It made vampires. like It said cats. Cats. It cared about cats. And C17 was the best-selling commander product. We, you know, I know this from conversations with people at Wizards. It did very, very, very well. And so... C16, those decks, like the Yidrish deck, doesn't feel like it's doing anything focused at all.
2: It's the, it's a weird yeah. wheel deck. Yeah. And you're like, well, we're supposed to be cascading, not wheeling it's, everything. It was
1: weird. It's it's totally like Kineos and Tiro, It's like, what is that deck even doing? It's got some weird pillow 40 stuff and whatever. Like, And then you go back even farther and the decks have... S- if you go back to, like, 2013, the decks are literally, like, one-third of three it's, different decks.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You, you could point to the card that matched with the commander. Yeah. And the commanders are completely different.
1: Yeah, it's like we said. there's like Derevi and Rune, and, like, they're just not working together in any real way. And the l- even more percentage of the cards are devoted to each commander in the older stuff. So they have gotten a little less disjointed. But the problem is C17 is the, is the nearest in memory mm-hmm. and the one that most... It brought in a whole slew of people because it was so popular and it sold so much. And so, the mentality may not be that like, oh, these are always unfocused; they're always a little disjointed. We're supposed to do this X, Y, and Z to it. It might be like, well, last year's was pretty. I I bought a yeah. Wizard deck and it had a lot of wizards. And this year they said Jun, lands matter, and now there's no lands matter. What the heck's going on? Yeah, it might so, be colored by recency. Basically. Yeah,
2: yeah. So what's what's the verdict on the play experience? We've talked about a few different things. we talked about literally pulling it out of the box and playing it. Josh Mm -hmm. said pretty okay, although he's a little bit down on Planeswalkers in general. Uh, We talked about sort of the themes and how the themes can feel disjointed and the perceptions that we have about that. Uh, But ultimately, when it comes down to the verdict of the play experience.
1: I mean, it's hard to to judge, right? I think we're going to be similar because we both are viewing it as enfranchised, very enfranchised Commander players. This, to me, honestly, is not super different from any set release in that the way I look at it is like the cards Mm -hmm. individually. I don't look at the fact that it's in a pre-con as worth very much to me because ultimately I know whatever it is, I'm going to take the deck and I'm going to build, you know, if I'm going to build Lord Windgrace, mm, how many of the cards are going to be from the pre-con? So you don't actually expect to... I never have. Okay. You know, But that's just my mentality, because to me, it's just like it's just like M19 coming out. What's the list of new cards? How am I going to use them? Am I going to build new decks? Am I going to slot them into previous decks? But it's not like which ones come in which pre-con that I can keep together. I'm not expecting necessarily to play these straight out of the box for very long a few times, because that's fun, and then I'm going to strip it for parts, and I'm going to create new stuff. So this
2: play experience could be super important for some people, but in our perspective, it's hard to give it a grade, because we don't really care, and we expect it to be mediocre.
1: I mean... Here's maybe a better question. What do you think they should aim for? Like, let's mm. say let's say that a one on a scale of one to 10, one is a deck that just is not cohesive at all. It's completely unfocused. <laughs> but And 10 is like fully tuned. Okay, you know, I got, optimized. I got it. Where do you think the pre-con should sit on that scale?
2: I have a. I actually have a, an answer that I firmly believe in, is I think that you should be able to take this pre-con out and sit down at a commander table and not... You don't have to win but you are playing the game with other people. So I think it should be on on that level.
1: Right, but where does that sit as far as like co- totally unfocused to optimized, tuned? Like, I get the feeling there's certain people that would love to buy the deck. lands Matter and it has Gitrog, Omnath, Titania, Crucible of Worlds, Scape Shift, everything yeah. already in Fetchlands. I don't
2: think that that should be, should be the goal. I think that it should, be, but it shouldn't be completely unfocused. I think it should have- Like a three I or
1: four on that scale? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think
2: I think it should be have paths for expanding and building and exploring, but it should not
1: be focused. So you think this is basically a success because that feels like what this yeah, is. Yeah,
2: actually, I think I, I think I do. Now that we've talked about it, yeah. I think this might be a success.
1: Yeah, I and and again, we're looking at it for just the new cards. I think it's fine. I'm not, su- but again, I'm not super worried about how cohesive the deck is straight out of the box, and neither are you. So yeah, but
2: now that I'm now that you've you've kind of prompted me in this area is like, I think that this should be a good jumping off point for new players. And so, and by the way, the new players, they don't know about Jund Land Matters or anything like that. So if you're a brand new player playing this deck, like, is it fun? Can you you talk to someone and get a Gitrog monster or an Omnath and throw it in this deck and be super excited about it? I think that might be okay. I think this might be a good deck for that.
1: Now that you put sort of a pin in it, I will say that when playing the decks they feel like they're doing the thing that they're supposed to do. Jun land matters actually does feel like lands matter because your commander does care about lands, discarding them and whatnot. So you're very focused on lands. Do I have lands? Blah, blah, blah. Aminatu feels that like the top of your deck does matter. It that's I
2: think that's good So then. maybe
1: it is a success from that standpoint as far as like, even though when you sort of, you know, write all the, the cards down individually and put them into categories <laughs> and go like, <laughs> yeah, there's yeah, only yeah, nine yeah, lands yeah, yeah. man's card. But when you play it, it's like... No, it tends to play like artifacts matter in the Sahili deck. Like it feels like it's an artifact deck, you know, when you play with or against it. So,
2: all right, then I'm actually going to upgrade it. I actually think it's a success. A success? Okay. Okay.
1: All right, next category is new toys. For commander to be healthy and exciting format, we need new toys, new tools, and powerful staples entering the format to make our decks enjoyable. You almost hit it. So, this is a big part for you and I, and it's kind of like the commander category, but this is for the, in the 99 category. Almost, I get right? super excited yeah. about this. Yeah. So commander 18, did we get any new powerful effects or potential format staples? I think we did. Okay.
2: Yeah. I I think that this is actually something that Wizards has been doing a really good job about. And we pointed out when we were going through a lot of these deck techs and when we were breaking down the individual cards, which is, oh look, they're trying to do blank. Yeah. That red uh, enchantment, hate card
1: yep um yeah i forget what it's called enchanter's bane
2: yeah no good job uh is again we we didn't exactly like it very much but that kind of doesn't cool design though because it's they're pushing that design space and i like that I like it when they have cards that include all of the players where they give special nods to commanders there's that uh, there's that one card there where you single out two opponents and they double damage to each other yep. so of discord d- so of discord I'm just gonna <laughs> just talk about them and, <laughs> and give all the relevant information uh, but Four, that, is, black, black. that is distinctly commander yes you know what I mean and so I like that there's these new toys that are nods to our multiplayer format.
1: Yeah, we've got um, Boreas Charger, Endless Atlas, Treasure, Nabber is a big one a lot of people are talking about. Windgrace's d- Judgment, we really liked. These feel like very powerful effects or potential format staples.
2: And they're moving into areas that we feel like we need movement in. Boreas Charger is, is that white lands, lands problem, problem we yeah. have.
1: Endless Atlas is mono white or mono red or Boros. Um, Ramping.
2: Yeah, or card draw, right?
1: Car- card draw, sorry. Yeah. card draw, yeah. Uh,
2: Treasure Nabber is supposed to sort of put a cap on it's, all of this rampant artifact. It's mana. also
1: mono-red ramping. It's kind of like, uh, I think Jason Alter, I may be attributing this wrong, but I think it was Jason Alter who said Treasure Nabber was kind of like Rhystic Study for red, right? It doesn't draw him cards, but it gives him ramp. Mm. Anytime you use your mana rock, I get to... Uh, I'm yeah. going to borrow that. Yeah, I'm going to borrow that. that. I'm going to use it for my ramp. But um,
2: I, I like it. In Wind Grace's Judgment, it's, it's a removal spell, which could be printed anywhere except for... It's just for us because it hits everyone around the table. Yeah. So it does feel like they're giving us new toys and that they're pushing boundaries into new areas that I'm excited about. Because I think every card that we've listed here, I have a commander deck I'm going to try
1: it out in. So compared to past sets, is this something that they've done? And they have for sure. So C-17 had Teferi's Protection, Path of Ancestry, Herald's Horn, Hammer of Nizan. These are all... Very highly played. And some of these are format staples. A lot of them are just uh, powerful effects in certain strategies. C16 had Ash Barons, Sylvan Reclamation, Deep Glow Skate, Crystalline Crawler. Ash Barons has played in like 20,000 decks. It's ridiculous. It's played in like a ton. That's another like high percentage of format staples and very powerful effects. C15 had Blade of Selves, Thought Vessel, Command Beacon. So this is something they do, but I feel like C18 has, I mean, we're going to the verdict here. How does C18 stack up, do you think?
2: I think that all of the sets have been extremely predictable. Uh, that they they have this removal spell, they have this board wipe, they have this ramp, they have the land, and they're really trying to push in other directions. and And it's not that surprising that there's a great mana rock in Commander Sphere and Thought Vessel and you know Crystalline Crawler, like you mentioned. And now we have sort of different different ones as we go along. Or now there's a new land p- being pushed into another direction, or a new oh yeah, Forge piece of, of Heroes, right? Removal. Is a new yeah, one. yeah. Uh, so this is not surprising. It feels very predictable to me and this feels on par with all of the sets before it, Uh, especially if you go and you look up, what are the original cards from each commander set? It feels like, oh, well, number one, these are great. I play them all the time. They, they have done a really good job at producing really strong and fun cards and wow, they feel surprisingly similar year after year after year as they, um, produce the kinds of cards that we want to need.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say they're similar in that we're getting sort of new effects. I think Endless Atlas and Boris Charger are different than we've had before, but they're clearly like, what direction hasn't been covered? Let's push there. Oh, yeah. now this year we haven't, you know, Teferi's Protection was like, oh, we need something against Cyclonic Rift and that kind of thing. Let's give them something there. This is like, oh, they need rampant card draw in these certain colors. Let's give them something there. And then that's good. I'm hoping they continue to do that as the years go on, and eventually we will fill in all the weaknesses and gaps where we think like I'm not saying push the color pile of the way, I'm just saying like make everything a little bit more viable. Uh, so I think that's good, and I agree with you. I think that C18 stacks up pretty well in this category and is about on par with past commander sets. Um, this is also a product every year where they can. It's really the only product. There's a Battle Bond or a Conspiracy. We were happy. I
2: was really happy with Battle Bond yeah. that, that we got this Multiplayers Matters. Action. So maybe it's
1: not the only product every year, but it's the product where they can really design stuff for multiplayer and specifically for Commander. So in Commander 2018, we've got stuff like Emissary of Grudges, the Sower of Discord that you talked about earlier. Yeah. We also have the Loyal Cycle, which is. Yeah, everything has Lieutenant, which is a mechanic that cares about if your commander's out. We got the Storm Cycle that cares about how many times you've cast your commander from the command zone. They can only put that in this, in these sets and those type of things. And it feels like this year they've done that a number of times, taken advantage of it. Grace's Judgment we keep mentioning, but that that's a multiplayer card. Yeah,
2: and this, this feels new. It feels exciting. It's an interesting new set of cards. Um, and I think that even though all of the ones that you mentioned aren't super duper powerful... I like that they're giving a nod to our format, and some people are going to embrace them and play them and really enjoy it.
1: And, you know, it's been hit or miss in past um, Commander products, too. If you look at the multiplayer Commander-specific cards, we've had things like the Tempt cycle. You know, there's one really good of those t- that you see a lot. I think there's two good ones. Tempt with Discovery is the one you see all the time. And Tempt with Vengeance. And Tempt with Vengeance is the red one? Yeah. Yeah, and you see that a decent amount, but yeah. it's good in specific decks. Perforos, things like that. Angry um, Omnath. Yeah. It makes elementals. Yeah 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 okay I'm just saying like it's not a red <laughs> staple by by any means whereas Tempt with Discovery can be something of a green staple like it's okay doesn't have to whatever. be don't take the we're offer. splitting hairs we're splitting hairs, <laughs> we're splitting hairs. Um,
2: but in, here's the thing it doesn't I don't think that they have to be no no not at all because I, this is like this is this is the new toys category so it's like oh, that's an interesting way of going about it. It doesn't have to be this format-defining powerhouse. I'm
1: actually saying that in defense of C18, saying that if you look back, we've got sort of rose-colored glasses, but if you looked at the Tempt with uh, cycle, man, one of them's great, another one's pretty good, and the rest are pretty bad. And so that's kind of what we got with the Storm cycle, right?
2: Think about the Confluence cycle, Yeah, where we have a few of them that are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing, and...
1: Nobody plays the black one, you know. Okay, it's actually the black one's okay. Um, The white one, the green one's only okay. They're all fine and playable, but none of them are awesome except for Mystic Confluence, is like insane, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, So we have the Undaunted cycle in one of them. Again, Curtains Call, great. The rest of them, I don't see very often. Uh, We've had the Curse cycles. Those ones are just straight up pretty (laughs) bad. Don't like it at all.
0: We've
1: had. Single cards, like Disrupt Decorum was one of these. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grasp of Fate, those are very good ones. But again, we have Grace's Judgment this time. We have, I think Emissary Grudges actually is deceptively good. I think it's very good. I've had a chance to play with it a couple times, and it could do... And people
2: forget. I think it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) But but the thing is that we're, we're looking at this set, and we're kind of cackling, and we're excited that there's something that allows us to have politics, allows us to do stuff that we can't get in other sets. And I think that, again, you were talking about how just things that we just said, like C-17 and how cohesive it was, might be influencing how we think about this now. Maybe the fact that we just got Battle Bond is making us a little bit callous to that, you know, well, we don't always get these kinds of effects. But hang on, we just had Battlebond, we just did. So maybe we're not as grateful for getting cool multiplayer effects.
1: Maybe, and you know, the storm cycle, the the loyal cycle, I think was a pretty big miss. It's not super it's all, exciting. It kind of always li- is though. There's yeah. always a mediocre
2: yeah. cycle in there that's filler, yeah. and you can tell because they're not. Are, what are they? Are they're uncommon.
1: I don't even know. Did, they're not. They're I don't not even know rare, why that rarity basically. even matters in Commander. It's for but Popper you can literally no but idea.
2: you can literally look at it and be like, oh, these are. This is the power level of this cycle of cards, right. and it is not the rare mythic power. Um, Power cool. level, Got power it. level.
1: Okay, so what verdict on the multiplayer commander specific cards? Do you think it was hit or miss? And the said, "How does C eighteen stack up?"
2: I love it. I think it did a really good job.
1: Yeah, I th- again, I don't think it's better than most of these other ones. I just no, think it's I don't think it's par. better
2: either. I think it's very on par. Yeah, I think that par. the types of cards that they have are predictable and that they do push in certain areas. But ultimately, we know that they're going to push, and I've expected them to do a good job in this category, and I think that they did this time.
1: All right, now let's go on to the most contentious category. The biggest complaints by far that people have, and I mean, let's be honest, it's warranted, is reprints and value. So that's what we're hearing the most of is that...
2: They raised the price $5.
1: Well, yeah, that was bad. I mean, they raised
2: the price $5, and we're used to getting extreme value in these sets. We're, We're used to getting great reprints and... Every single time we tried to pull reprint, uh, notable reprints, we we, we, struggled. Were lo- we struggled. We were literally like, we'll is- search through the deck again. We have to be missing something. Go look at prices. We have to be missing something.
1: N- and we weren't. Although we missed Bear Ember, I suppose. But it's was, it was only a couple bucks. Now, listen, game design, which is all the other categories we've talked about, right, are basically in the game design category. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's more of an art than a science. It's going to be more hit or miss. It's impossible to know exactly how the audience is going to respond. It's like movie making or something where like you do your best and you hope it's great. But at a certain point, you're not sure it's art. If you paint a painting, you could think it's great and people could hate it or you think it's awful and people could love it. The more you do it, the better your barometer becomes, but you're never like at a hundred percent. Like I know exactly, trust me, Steven Spielberg doesn't know for sure how people are going to react to his movies. And he's, you know, done a million of them. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is reprints and value are not, they are like assured. You know, I'm going to reprint a card It's worth $20. People are going to get <laughs> to excited happy. about that. <laughs> yes. So, in the one category where
0: they have it's a known quantity,
1: yeah. they know all the information. To fail in this category, to me, is extremely perplexing and frustrating and I understand everyone's frustration. Um, I know... What, wh- but one, one thing that
2: should be noted is that this this category might be what a lot of people go to at first but i think a lot of pl- a lot of players uh don't go to this category first i wasn't when i opened up these packs yeah uh, i wasn't like what value is in this what reprints are going to be in this and that might be different from me or or you or someone else but i was immediately going for those new cards immediately looking at the new commanders excited and hyped for that. I, I don't know about you, were you were you going through saying like, well, how good's the value? What reprint can I get?
1: No, and, and admittedly, you and I and Jimmy um, and this show in general, we have uh, big collections. Like, we just do. Like, if I want to build a deck, I can, you know, I don't have power nine or anything, but I can build most decks. I have most cards. Um, I can obtain the ones I don't by trading ones I've got or whatever. And so reprints are not as important yeah. to when me. You,
2: when you play commander for... 15 years or something like that, then, you know, I've, you been, playing, I've been playing Commander yeah. for 22 years. I have a lot of cards. I have too many cards. Yeah, way too many. <laughs> way too Actually, many my, cards.
1: My, my biggest problem by far is not do I have the card, it's where is the card? <laughs> that's the big problem. <laughs> future, yeah. future show
2: topic, yeah. where is that card? So, but, that, that, but that's the thing, is that I'm immediately going for the new cards and yes. not necessarily the value, but
1: we're not you. Value is hugely important to a lot of people out there, and it is important to me on some in some respect. There's definitely like so Let's, even though
2: our gut our gut reaction was to go to the new cards, when we when we realized there wasn't any value, it felt gross.
1: It felt bad. Yeah. Yeah. It felt yeah. And and we should say Watsi doesn't acknowledge the secondary market. I think a lot of people <clears throat> misunderstand what this means. They're not allowed to talk about it from a legal standpoint. It's just a policy within Watsi, their legal team. It's basically. a good policy. Yeah. It's it's important for them. That doesn't mean they don't pay attention to the prices. They just can't acknowledge them. I know from friends inside and outside WotC, former or and current employees, that they sort of have workarounds for talking about prices. So when they're talking about a deck, they'll say things like, and this deck is worth 60 points. What do those points stand for? could be anything! <laughs> it covers them in the legal range, but they are able to talk about prices in a way, and they do, and so they care about prices. You know this because the proof is in the pudding, right? You could not build a Lord Windgrace Lands Matter deck. If you just, if I was like, DJ, you're going to build the Lord Windgast Lands Matter deck, but you knew nothing about magic. And I said, design the deck, but I gave you a website that had no prices on it.
2: Oh man, I would make such an expensive deck.
1: Yeah, it would have Gitrog, Omnath, Titania, Crucible of Worlds, Scape Shift, all the fetch oh, lands. Be
2: so, it would have all the fetch lands for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then immediately they would be like, no, this is unprintable. We the fact, that.
1: The fact that those cards aren't in there actually tells you that they pay attention to price because they're not putting in a ton of expensive cards that just are no brainers.
2: And they, one thing is that they... They can't put in all of those cards. Yeah. They just they just can't. They could have done better than they did.
1: Well, that's the thing. They could have done
2: way better than they did. But they cannot they cannot push the price so crazy because of the consequences of the secondary market and what they would do to it.
1: What they've learned is if you put too much value in then then shops and individuals begin to hoard the product, buy it, Mm -hmm. and jack the price up. It's kind of like scalping tickets to a concert or something. And so they need to Hit this wheelhouse where it's exciting to players, but it's not so over the top value that it actually becomes harder for the players to get a hold of because people are hoarding them.
2: But they've they've done a good job. So they've They're had a few, way under. under they've aiming. had a few problems, but in the past, like a uh, true name nemesis. That's but by no, the way, that's a
1: new card that scared the crap out of them. And this is I think a lot of the problems we see are because of that one mistake.
2: Yeah, true name nemesis was a problem uh, back in the how many years ago was that? Twenty thirteen. So twenty thirteen. They printed What they like to do is include legacy cards because these commander cards are legacy playable. And so in order to make sure that they had sales, make sure that they had another audience, they put legacy cards that would be good in that format in our commander sets. And True Name Nemesis, still played in legacy, still very good.
1: Good in cube.
2: <laughs> it's just a great card. Uh, was in a commander deck and then that commander deck became impossible to get And
1: to the point where they had to do a second print run of the product. And in the cases of that print run, they actually printed two copies of that deck and one copy of all the other decks.
2: Yeah. And so people, it basically threw things out of whack. And this, I don't know if it seems weird because they've done it really well in the past years. Like you could buy, you could, for the most part, buy commander products and buy the one you wanted to at MSRP and still have there be good value in it.
1: Here's, here's what we can say, I think. And I think we can say it pretty easily. Like you said, they raised the MSRP by $5 this year, right? So it went from $35 to $40. Now, what's the justification for doing that?
2: It would be really You're going to make a better set for me. You're like, going to... I'm excited about that. You know what? I'm willing to give you five more dollars because this has been amazing in the past, and I have faith in you that you're going to make it amazing this year.
1: Yeah, and this is the real head scratcher of the whole thing, which is that they can't be so ignorant internally not to to realize like, okay, we're going to raise the price so all we have to do is justify that price and and people will be fine with it they'll swallow it right but if we don't we're gonna get yelled at and they're getting yelled at right now because they totally didn't and it would have been so easy to just print one twenty dollar reprint in each of the decks right it doesn't cost them here's the thing they're printing ink onto cardboard it does not cost any more to print uh a fetch land than it does to print a basic land for them out of pocket for wizards right so could they put one fetch land now listen i'm not saying that's what the reprint they that should have done that shouldn't
2: have been the card that shouldn't have
1: been the card but could financially that makes no difference to them they could easily do it whatever the card is each like they could have reprinted restricted study vedalken oracle or, 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 yes. or something like that we can name a bunch of around $20 cards that each deck could have printed had one of them Everyone would have been stoked, wouldn't have cared. They would have been like, man, they're charging us five dollars more, but I'm actually getting fifteen extra dollars yes. because of the thing. And it's just really, really that's the part about this whole thing that I totally get what everybody's mad about. And I'm yeah, I'm with you. I, I don't I've never understood why they don't do this. And and honestly, they don't do this every year. They've had a couple of big reprints, but I think they've always been under reprinted. Um, let's compare. Okay, let's look yeah. here. So at the time of this recording, these Prices fluctuate so it can be tough to get like a real laser beam on the exact Josh price. Josh and I
2: like write up stuff separately yeah. and we like have completely different prices. Yeah, because
1: yeah. it was 12 hours <laughs> apart and I'm like, oh wait, that card's 5, he's like, well, it's 6 what I looked. Okay. okay. So, MSRP of the commander set, $5 is about $40 now. There's maybe one reprint in the entire set, all four decks that's over $5. And that's it's not over $5 by much, it's $6 maybe. Depending on, depending on where you what look prices and when you have look done and right stuff now. like that. Yeah. Yeah. So C18 reprints, Enchantress's presence, maybe six bucks. Bear Umbra, five bucks. Then we got, this is in order of biggest expensive reprints down the line. So five then, or six then five. And then we've got three or four cards that are about 350, Unwinding Clock, Entreat the Angels, Avenger of Zendikar. And then here's the problem. And you know problem. what the next
2: most- Yes, this is the problem, that this is the next most card. The Say next
1: it. most expensive card in all the decks is Soul Ring. So the, (laughs) the guaranteed inclusion. Yeah. The fifth or the sixth, seventh and eighth and ninth most expensive card in the decks is soul ring. Yeah. It's really,
2: that's not a reprint that like, it's nice that there's tons of soul rings out there. Great. But that shouldn't be the, the money card that we're getting in our sets.
1: It's just disappointing. It's very disappointing. And then, so we can compare this to past sets. C17 had Mirari's Wake, which is currently $10. Dwarf Destinies is $5. And then Zendikari, Surgeon, Lightning Greaves, Captivating Vampire, Kodama's Reach, 350 There's a few other cards around $3. Um, C16 had Chromatic Lantern, which is currently 16 Propaganda is $750. Forbidden Archer Orchard, about $7. Burgeoning, $6. Reliquary Tower, five fifty. dollars Homeward Path, five fifty. dollars
2: now, one thing that we have to say is that these, this is very subjective that these numbers right now are from right now well, and cards. And we've just been talking about the craziness of prices. Well, and, and so these, by the way, some of these were way more when they were first spoiled. And then after the fact they went down and some of these went down and then came back up again, burgeoning, how to reprint in between now and again. So some of these prices are kind of all over the place, but just by naming these cards, you know that there was better value in those last set, regardless of whatever price they were on release after they saturated the market and even now.
1: Um, Numbers like these are always going to be biased because of just passage of time. So Chromatic Lantern, when it was reprinted in C16, dropped for a while to like, you know, around five, six bucks. And it's climbed back up over time. And, you know, Enchantress's presence, let's say, has a chance to climb back up over time.
2: $12 down to half that to six. And then it's going to go back up to nine, even, nine maybe. Well, but it, before that it's going to probably drop to four or three and then it's might go back up to eight, seven, nine, nine, whatever. Or yeah. Like three
1: years down the road, which is what we're looking at for some of this. Some of these may be back up to 10 bucks or something. A couple of them, depending not Avenger of Zendikar because they reprint that every five minutes. But. So,
2: so just listing prices as we, as we look now might not be a good comparison, but we don't, we don't have to, uh, over, over the course of our deck, uh, Um, sort of breakdown investigation yes deck deck investigation uh we've actually said to you just go on mtg goldfish look at their breakdown you can see what all the cards are worth we've said that over and over again and so when we go to seth saffron olive better known as saffron olive (laughs) uh he was looking at this in real time as they were released and he's like no you're right there are less good reprints in this set versus other ones. You want to is read this a tweet? direct? This is direct, direct from his tweet. Yeah. So
1: from uh, Saffron Olive, maybe Craig or Murph or Terry can find this and put it up on screen. If not, he said, to put the commander reprint conversation in perspective, commander 2016 averaged 8.4 reprints worth three or more dollars per deck. Commander 2017 averaged 6.4 and commander 2018 averages just four sorry he didn't say the word just average is four By the numbers the reprint complaint seems justified and I everything
2: I've looked at and he's looked at it a lot more detail yeah. everything I've looked at yeah the reprints suck.
1: I'll even go so far as to say they've always sucked they su- but they're trending in the wrong direction they're sucking more
2: and remember we've we've always tried to put this in perspective for the past sets and they've done this and that's not okay. Why are we going down when the MSRP went up?
1: Yeah, that, that I don't know. Yeah, that just, I know Wizards people, they roll your eyes when you talk about reprints like this, but it just seems very easy to just, it's not asking a lot. No one's asking for like $50 cards. No one's saying put Mana Drain in each of them. You know someone out there's going to, okay. the comment's going to be like,
2: put Mana Drain in all, of, put Mana Drain in the Jun Matters deck.
1: Well, now there's going to be 50 <laughs> of those comments, but
2: they're, <sighs> But there's no rational people are just asking for a little bit, a little bit better. How about just the status quo? How about just maintaining the status quo?
1: You went up $5. I don't even want the status quo. It should be better. And then we went down. We have less reprints. It's just bad. It's, it's absolutely, it's absolutely like just a failure.
2: So here's the problem that I have is that. The basically these boxes cost $40, okay, mm-hmm. the, these sets. And if the reprints are not absorbing some of that $40, then all of that money goes straight into the brand new cards, making them more expensive and harder for people to acquire.
1: Which sucks, particularly for people that are in our seat, which is in-franchise commander players, who are most excited and most need the new cards.
2: Who want five copies of Wind Grace Judgment or want to just go out, yeah.
1: Well, they have to just be more expensive because they didn't make a Mirari's Wake or a Chromatic Lantern. That will absorb
2: $10 or absorb $8 of that $40 price tag.
1: So it really just hurts everybody because it hurts the people who already have Mirari's Wake and Chromatic Lantern or whatever, and it hurts the people who don't. And so it's just downside on top of downside.
2: And all of this, the thing is that you look at the calculations in value and... Yes, if you add everything up, it ends up being more than that $40, but so much of that is is bulk. It's yeah. it's not something that you can actually take leverage all the to get anything are, better.
1: Take out all the cards that are $2 and then then talk to me about that because everyone just has those lying around and yeah, those are technically worth $2. So you can get most of those for free if you want if you know anybody that plays Magic or if you've played Magic, you have a lot of that stuff. Like honestly, it's a lot of it's tallying up like 38 cents. For for certain lands, you know that are, you're never going to pay 38 cents for those lands. Like you're not going to buy them because somebody will give them to you, trade them to you, or you have them.
2: Or if you didn't, if you don't want them, then they're not worth the money. Yes, and exactly. if no, and if no one will buy them, then it's not worth that money. Yeah. And you can't buy list those these cards. You just can't.
1: You can't get rid of them unless you're selling like a huge bulk amount. Yeah, okay, so verdict on reprints and value. <laughs> there, you wanted us to be a negative. There, you got it. Um, yeah, I think No, it's, so what is our
2: verdict? If we gave failure, it a letter grade, F. it's actually an F, F- right? F minus.
1: Yeah. I don't know that it could be worse. It Like, look at it. There's a $6 card. Also,
2: the reprint, it's like, <laughs> it's Enchantress's presence. It's not like, here's the thing. If it was like, let's say the one card was Chromatic Lantern, then it might be like, oh, great. Like, we there have- a lot of decks. Lot of decks or- yeah. <laughs> It's a twenty dollars but, card. But it's like it's Enchantress's presence
1: and and Bear Umbra. <laughs> yeah, very specific. So
2: specific.
1: Bear Umbra is at least a little bit more. Enchantress's presence is very specific. Bear Umbra. Bear is. Bear
2: Umbra is it's an enchantment. It's 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 uh, for attacking. It's so specific. It's a
1: little f- sort of beast and famine. It does some cool stuff. Like I'm I'm just saying it's in a lot more decks than Enchantress. It's listen, it's bad. Vidalcanori. That's why'd you laugh at me? That made me feel bad. man. So, it's
2: a twenty dollar card. I know. I wonder how it became a twenty dollar card, Josh. I'm trying to get it back. That's
1: not what I wanted to happen. <laughs> no, I right? just think
2: it's funny that that's that that's the immediately card you get. I'm thinking chromatic lantern. <laughs> no, I, but, I agree with you. But Vidalcanori. Listen, get one, it in there.
1: One deck has chromatic. One deck has Vidalcanori. One deck has worm coil engine, and one deck has sensei's divining top. Boom! Boom! We just solved it. Think of how happy it would immediately flip from like people mad to people stoked, and all you did is print four cards, four cards that have already been reprinted before. It's not like they've never been reprinted. It's not like they're on the reserve list or something. Okay, all right, we got yeah. to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay, so conclusions. But one thing is, we we end on this. <laughs> we end on this note, so we can't we can't let this because we've said success, 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 and ultimate failure. We can't let this one failure drag us down throughout our entire evaluation
1: I mean everything's weighted right so like we said some of the categories like play experience were less important to us so it's yeah. not it's not equal weight new cards that was m- the most important to you and I yeah um values and reprints is going to have to be weighted in that category but I in think a lot of people, school yeah. you go to if you get a B and a a B and an F that's not good yeah you're right like any F's on your report card are bad yeah. You can't get a 4.0. I'm not allowed to go out not, and
2: play Magic cuz I have an yeah, F on my report card. You're not going to be an honor roll
1: student with an F on there. So, you are right. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's conclusions. Commander 2018 success, failure, where do you put it on that scale?
2: Okay, so for for me, yeah.
1: for me it's a success. We can only speak for ourselves. Yeah. Right? yeah.
2: For me it is it's a success. I'm upset that the reprints are are not so good and but for me, I my, put my emphasis on the new cards and the new commanders, and I like them. I honestly like them a lot.
1: I'm more meh on the set. I'm, I think there are some successes, but I definitely think there are some failures. I think it's a little light on awesome. I think the power level is a little bit low and, you know, as much flack as I get for it out there. It's true. I do like powerful stuff and I do like to play powerful I, magic. I I do tend to play stronger decks, not tier one, but I do like to do powerful things. And what is the really powerful card in this set?
2: I agree with you. I think the power level is down a little bit, but I, my play style is a little bit different from Josh's. My power level is down a little bit from that, but I want things that do interesting stuff and, and do I, weird, do weird stuff. And, and I'm, I think a, I'm a Johnny too. That. Like
1: yeah. I, I do, but I don't think that they gave us a bunch of Johnny tools either like you gave me lands matter with an extra color that's not that interesting to me. I get why people are excited but I could already play that deck in fact I built a five color lands deck because I wanted to that's not a new door that got open that was just adding a, a little bit of trimming to a room that I'd already been inside and I feel like ban enchantments was that and I feel like um Esper zombies is that
2: but the th- one thing is that the band enchantments the estrid and Tuvasa are you're right those are exactly like that but um, what's the last one? Kestia. Kestia. Kestia is is a new is a new way of playing enchantments yeah. that you didn't have before. That's completely new about going wide within. It's it's an aura based deck like a, that goes wide. It's kind of an interesting idea. We didn't uh, talk, talk about,
1: about the fact that Kestia with Bestow means you can all you can skip commander tax like most of the time. That's
2: I think that's cool too. Yeah. Um, what about the the crazy land in your command zone?
1: The the Wandering Isle, Arixmethyst. There Aric-Smythus. we go. Um, I like Xancha's
2: Sleeper Agent. I like Burdekon. Those two to me are the Burdica. most interesting.
1: I'll say I started to build Thanos for the show, and I got really bored because it was just Paradox Engine and all the normal stuff. And I listen, I don't think the set is a failure. I just don't think it's an A. I think it's somewhere, you know, since we're going with this, you know, American school grading system, elementary school grading system, I would give it like a B, um... B minus maybe, it's there are some cool stuff. I don't think it's a total failure, but I get why people are, are upset.
2: I will I will claim this from my perspective as a success, uh, but I'm sad that they couldn't have done better. Yeah, and I think that it, I think that it soured a lot of people, and I want everyone to be excited about this set, and a lot of people aren't, and a lot of people are going to be priced out of they're going to be priced out of upgrading their decks. A thing that was really great is being able to buy the precon, get rid of one of the cards and basically get 10 or 20 more cards or whatever and make your deck awesome. And it feels like that's just an impossibility now.
1: Yeah, it's really the value reprint thing. If they had solved that, then I would be a totally different tune, I think. Yeah. Because that would cover some of the other stuff. You know, there are some cool new cards that are interesting that I'm excited about, but it's just brought down by the value reprint thing. Like, just give me one sweet card in each deck and all of a sudden I'd be hyped on it. So yeah, yeah, okay. Well, now off on, to that you. Note, on that note, <laughs> to the listeners, what category is most important to you that we talked about? Are you a person that cares about the new cards, is really worried about the reprinted value, wants to know how fun the deck is to play right out of the box, uh, just wants new tools to go into your already existing decks? Which one of those are you sort of weighted in favor of? And then from that perspective, is C18 a failure or success to you? <sighs> yeah, I will be interested to see sort of how everybody runs down on that. You
2: should, uh, you should. I'm saying this right now, but you should put a Twitter poll on. Uh, um,
1: oh, maybe when the when the episode when comes the episode out. comes yeah, okay. out,
2: you should put a Twitter poll down.
1: I'll try and remember that. And uh, <laughs> no <yeah>. promises. <laughs> Something you should all remember to do is go to cardkingdom.com/slash command zone. Use that affiliate link when you order your new cards. If you're a DJ here and you're going to build a bunch of the new decks or put I, a bunch of cards, I'm if you literally
2: going to go and buy just a bunch of cards. If right?
1: you need five Win Grace's Judgment, cardkingdom.com/slash command zone is a place to go. And you're going to want to put sleeves onto those Wind Grace's Judgment's because they're probably going to be worth a little bit of something and worth even more in a year or so. And the best sleeves on the market are the Eclipse sleeves by Ultra Pro. And uh, while you're picking up Ultra Pro stuff, you should check out these wall scrolls they have. Mm -hmm. Have I mentioned they're made out of cloth? It makes them so much cooler than if they're made out of paper. For one, they don't like bend and crease and get ripped on the edges. And also they just look more classy when they're hanging there. So definitely check out Ultra Pro products, they make some really good stuff. Okay. Now it's time for the end step. Where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. I got a new show that we've started watching. Ooh. It's on HBO. It's called Sharp Objects. It's with Amy Adams. Have you seen it?
2: No. I like Amy Adams though. I
1: like Amy Adams a lot. Uh, she's a really great actress. I think she's a producer on the show as well. And uh, I don't know. It's just a really interesting show. I don't know where it's going. It's only like four or five episodes in at this point, And so I can't predict. Ooh. But it's... The performances are great. The, the writing's pretty good. And it's one of those shows... Where you watch it, and if you stop and try and analyze why you're enjoying it, you can't figure out why exactly, but you just know that you are. Like, you know that you're into it. Like, you're interested, and it's holding your attention. But if you start breaking it down, you're like, I don't really know why. There's not explosions or big action sequences or anything, but I'm just invested in it for whatever reason, and so there you go. That sounds great. Handmaid's Tale is kind of like that, too. Um, All right, so check out Sharp Objects on HBO. And another thing to check out is our sister podcast, the Masters of masters of modern Alex Kessler, Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format, all things competitive magic. You can find them on Twitter at the MM cast or uh, right next to us at collected.company.
2: Our editor is Craig Minchette and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG.
1: Although we're still in that route uh, where we're not sure who's editing this. We do who's be, editing it this? It could be Josh Murphy. could be Terry Robertson. That's our editing team. They're all working on all this uh, C-18. Thank you, George. You have
2: a whole editing team. But I know. It's kind of crazy. Thank you, editing team.
1: Thank you, editing team. And thank you, Jeffrey Palmer, for this cool sunset. I have no idea what card this is from, but it's cool. Jeffrey, uh, did we say his Twitter? At LivingCardsMTG. We can say it twice. That's fine. All right, everybody. (laughs) Uh, Thanks for watching. Bye, everyone. Peace.
0: For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at J.F. Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator.
1: Greetings, humans.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
0: I thought it was an eco move.